let's welcome her. She's going to come and bring the word of God this morning. Good morning, everybody. Well, Jesus changes lives. End of whatever age, from the very youngest, as soon as they can have understanding through. And we really are seeing some of our younger children get saved just in the last few months, really. Some of the young, younger children um, having a strong conviction that Jesus needs to be their Lord, not just mummies, daddies, or anybody else in the family. Uh, you know, children are having dreams of the need to have Jesus on the inside. It's amazing really what is happening among our children. And we don't underestimate that. We celebrate it with all our hearts. Because um, oh, I used to always hear, um, was it Pastor Colin used to say, the Lord has no grandchildren. He only has children. <laughs> and it's by invitation, is it? So it's what a joy to have children wanting Jesus in their lives. Well, I have, well, I, I can't underestimate the importance of this message this morning. I, um, I kind of wondered how to start it, really. And the way I want to kind of introduce it is to say that this is the single most important thing that the Lord has ever taught me and continues to teach me. So really, if you ever have got anything I've ever said before, or even I dare to say will ever say again, this is the most important thing, because it's this message that changes everything else, that enables us really to, to live the life he's called us to. And um, it's a message on grace, but it's having faith in his grace. So everything the Lord has called us to do, you know, prayer, reading the word, speaking his word, it's all to release faith in his grace. And I want to give you the most simple definition of all, really, of grace. And that is that grace is the power of the Holy Spirit. Grace is the power of God. Grace is the power of the Holy Spirit. You've, you've heard us say before, it's the enabling presence and power of God in our lives. But just to keep it really, really simple and memorable, grace is the power of God. Or grace is the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of us should be seeing him in our lives all the time, every day. Because we're not ordinary people. We're his people. And his plan, really right the way through history, has been to reveal himself to his people, that he is both good and powerful, the source of every good thing in our lives. So that the nations, you know, if you go back through into the Old Testament, the nations that surrounded Israel, they worshipped other gods. We live amongst the people who worship other gods. And he is wanting to reveal, A, he's good, be he's powerful to us and then through us. That he is worth honoring as God. He's worth following, worth worshipping as God. And Israel had a very checkered history um, of honoring him as God. And we're going to read some verses here from Jeremiah 2. It says, has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they're not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. 
Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring, or another translation says the fountain of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. So they'd forsaken God, the source of all sources, and had replaced him with another source, broken, leaking, could never supply what they needed to live. Water equals life, has done from the beginning and will do till the end. Without water, we die. And so instead of going to him, the fountain of living waters, they tried to build their own cisterns, leaking cisterns that cannot hold water, broken cisterns. And we can all do the same today, don't we know it? I know it from personal experience. We can be born again and even baptized in the spirit and yet be frustrated and miserable. Wound up, beat up, frustrated and miserable. And we can kind of limp along trying to live the Christian life. And frankly, it's hard work. Does anybody know that? Trying to live this Christian life, it is hard work. In fact, I'm going to go further than that. It's not just hard work. It's downright impossible. Um, And I read in a book many years ago, it was just such a liberating comment for me. And hopefully for you when you hear it. Only Jesus can live this Christian life. Only Jesus can, can, can do this word and walk in his ways, please him, and really experience the abundant life he died to give us. We can't change ourselves. We try, but we can't. We can't win our battles. We can't be effective salt and light in this world unless we're trusting the greater one on the inside, Jesus in us. And if he does live in us, which he does, why do we try and live without him? You know, why do we attempt any aspect of our lives without him? Whatever it is he's called you to do in your life, you need to do it by faith in him. Now, I have this comment, and we've got a slide for it, because I, it's a simple comment, but it is a revolutionary comment, and that is, that faith releases the grace. It's so simple and yet so profound. I, for weeks I've been living with this. I've been kind of walking up and down my kitchen repeating it to myself. Well, faith releases the grace. Walking my dog, faith releases the grace. I, honestly, I, I, I really think it's like it's taken me the guts of 30 years of my Christian life to finally grasp this. Do you know what I'm, does anybody here identify with that? We can try hard with so many different other things and it all can get overwhelming and a bit too much. It's like, I can't even do this. But if we just keep that simplicity, faith, believing him releases his power. Believing him releases his power. And I think one of the best things, excuse me, I'm just going to take a drink a moment. Praise God. One of the best things that can ever happen to any one of us is that we have enough bad things happen to us in life, enough negative experience, actually, that we really know we need him. 
Do you know what I mean? While things are going well and you're kind of flying high on your own efforts, you don't really know you need Jesus. But he won't allow that to go on for too long before something hits and you realize, hang on a minute, I need him. But I don't know about you, it's a lesson that takes a long time to really learn. You can learn it and think you've learned it, but then you go off again, powered by self, until you fall again and realize, I really do need you, Lord. Lord, help us learn this once and for all. We're going to go back to another Old Testament uh, scripture now, because God's people, they were that repeat. They, 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 they went in their own strength, they tried and they failed, and they turned back to him and the Lord, because he's merciful and gracious, saved them, but then the same thing happened again. And they turned back to Egypt, and they got in a whole heap of trouble. I mean proper. But actually, this time they didn't repent, and this is the Lord's view of it. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. And you said, no, for we will flee on horses, therefore you shall flee. And we will ride on swift horses, therefore those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand shall flee at the threat of one, and at the threat of five you shall flee. That's a bad scenario. Till you're left as a pole on top of a mountain and as a banner on a hill. Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice and blessed are all those who wait for him. I don't want to be a pole on top of a hill. I don't know about you. I don't want people to look at my life and think, Paul, on top of a hill, lonely, vulnerable to the enemy. Oh, no, no. I want God to be my God, my source and my supply and receive all the grace power that he has got to give, which is a lot for all the details of life. And I just want to share a testimony with you. You know, in all the, when I say all the details, I mean from the little things till the big to the big things, all the details of life. I've, sh I've shared a brief bit of this kind of story before, but my dog, Reg, ironically, has an issue with his eyes. He's on medication and has been for the last year. Um, but when it first started, I have to say, I felt quite beside myself. He, at the very beginning, the treatment was, oh, repeated all the way through the day, quite honestly. Um, thankfully now it's not so much, but it was quite impossible because you go near any, any, any human, you know, but near an animal and try and play with the eyes, they run away, let me tell you. And he is either rearing up like a horse or running away and burying his head behind a cushion. And quite honestly, I felt like doing the same. <laughs> I can't do this. It was so difficult. And Sam Googled for me how to apply medication to your dog's eyes. And apparently you sit them on your lap and you come at it from above or around the side. But the problem was he was once on my lap. He's taller than me. I couldn't see over. You know? I'm like, this is impossible. And I had to ask either PJ or Sam to come round because they live nearby and were willing and able, praise God, to hold him so that I could approach from the front and get this 
medication in his eyes. Anyway, I thought, well, this is fine and dandy, but when the vet said to me this could go on for some time, I thought, what am I going to do? I, you know, I have to get one of them to move in or I have to move out. I can't do this. And whilst, you know, in where I am now, praise God, I can say, grace of God, I'm able. But I, I really had to call on the Lord. I know you could think it's a small thing, but it was really a life-affecting thing. And... Um, I prayed, and, and the Lord just said to me, believe in the grace. Believe in my grace to do this. And the moment, I remember the day, the moment I received faith for, God, you're in me. You can direct my hand whilst holding him still and somehow get this in the right place, in the right way. Everything changed. I really received his ability to do this. It was still my hand doing the job. And yet it was, it was the grace of God in me. And you can apply that to any, any aspect of your life where you need the grace of God. If you believe for it, it looks like you're doing it. But actually, it's his ability on the inside, you know. And the Apostle Paul knew all about it. He traveled all over preaching the gospel. He fought the good fight. He finished his race and he kept the faith. But he did it all with faith in the God on the inside. And I want us to read a scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. I love this so much. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Oh, to be able to say that, not in vain, not put to one side. The grace of God to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than them all. It's not that you don't do, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He was conscious, I love it, he was conscious of God in him and with him. And his faith released that grace. Faith releases the grace. You don't need me to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. We wear ourselves out to do and to get what only God can do and give. Don't work for favor. Ask and believe for it. Don't work to try and find answers and solutions to your problems. Ask and believe for it. Here's a liberating one. Don't work to try and change yourself. Ask and believe God for it. Come on, ask him for a promise. Meditate on that promise. Start to believe it and speak it. And let me tell you, faith releases his grace. It will look like you've changed or you're doing this thing or you've had a bright idea, but actually it's God at work. I'm not saying that there aren't things that he will ask you to do. For sure there are. For sure there are. But like Mary, whatever he tells you to do, do it. But do it with faith in him. Because faith releases, I'm going to keep saying it, faith releases the grace. It brings him on the scene. And I have three steps, three really important steps this morning to experiencing the grace of God. His power in any situation. And the first one, look, all of them are obvious, but let me tell you, we can so often miss the obvious. First one is recognize your need of God. We, we all, look, need shouts. We're all aware of need, but recognize your need of God in that. 
recognize your need for God. So often we don't experience the grace of God because we don't really recognize we need him. We forfeit the grace that could be ours. The wisdom from God to stop you making that wrong decision in the first place. The power of God to enable you to handle a difficult situation differently. You know? Second one is to remember to ask for help. We can know our need and even know our need of God and still somehow, or is this just me, we can forget sometimes to invite him in. Forget to actually ask for help. We need to ask. Jesus said in John 14, 16, he prayed to the Father and he said, the Father's going to send another helper. He was the first one. The Holy Spirit's the second. He's going to send another helper who will be with you and in you. So look, let me put it as blatantly as this. If you know you need help, and you know you have a helper who is both with you and in you, wouldn't it be absolutely stupid, if you don't mind me saying, not to ask, not to ask for help. The greater one is on the inside of us all day, every day. And I loved watching some of the celebrations of the Queen's Platinum last weekend. And I so many times I was moved to tears. I was moved to tears at the Reverend Stephen Cottrell's message. Um, it was just so brilliantly put and so brilliantly put the spotlight on Jesus, where the Queen would have wanted it. And, um, but when she returned to Buckingham Palace at the end of the celebrations... That flag went up. Did you see that? The Queen's in residence. She'd been at Windsor. She'd returned to Buckingham Palace. I, I was so moved by that. And I just thought to myself, my gosh, in one way, I wish I had a flag out the top of my head. The King is in residence. Come on. All day, every day. The King is in residence. He's nowhere else. He's made his home here in your life, in my life. The king is in residence. So why do we not ask a lot? Little things, big things. We get so worried and stressed. We go round and round in our heads, revolving the problem, trying to find a solution, looking at it from every angle. And yet the king's in residence. The one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Who's seen ahead into the future. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says we have the mind of Christ. I'm very grateful for that. But I'm also well aware I have my own independent mind. And so do you. The mind of the flesh that operates independently of God. And let me tell you, you will know this from your own experience too. If you allow the mind of the flesh to lead, you will get into one lot of trouble after the other. It's like it can't help but produce trouble for you. It's the nature of it. And there, I saw this brilliant scripture the other day in Proverbs 14, 16. It says, the fool rages and is self-confident. Or actually, the NIV version of it says, is hot-headed yet feels secure. How many of us have been hot-headed, raging with our own wisdom, feeling all secure and happy about it until the trip and fall? That's the mind of the flesh. And yet the wise person says, Lord, you're in residence. What are you saying? 
How do you see this? The mind led by the Spirit is life and peace. Who wouldn't listen and inquire? What are on your thoughts today, Lord? Romans 8, verse 6. I'm going to read two translations of this because it's just quite brilliant. And I, I really want us to receive life from it. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed or led by the Spirit is life and peace. Look at this version though. This is the amplified version of that same scripture. Romans 8 verse 6. Oh yes. <laughs> now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. You can't get much worse. It's not just a little bit limping along or sick. It's death. That's where it takes us. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin. Have you ever heard that expression, they look as miserable as sin? Well, sin makes you miserable. It truly does, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. Isn't that just fantastic? Don't we want the mind led by the Spirit? Recognize your need. Ask for help. And the third point's coming, but not just yet. So we can receive information from two sources because we have his own mind, but we also have our own independent mind. And let me tell you, it's a habit to depend on your own mind. And we have to break the habit of reasoning everything out without him. Sense and reason without him. He has an answer for everything. Literally, every situation and need we can face in a day, he has the solution for. For you, for your family, for your work, for your ministry. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And the amazing thing is, he wants to share it with you. He's not withholding. He wants to help us. That's his name, capital H. He's a helper. We're going to look at James 1 verse 5. How are you doing? Is this helping? I've prayed it will. Right, James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I'm just going to stop right there because that point needs celebrating all by itself. If you lack wisdom, he will give generously. He doesn't find fault. I love that so much. He's not like, well, hang on a minute. I gave it you last week, and what did you do with it? You didn't listen to that, did you? Drawbridge is up for you. No more wisdom coming your way. He keeps no record of wrong. He gives generously without finding fault. But we need to read on to see how we need to respond once we've received the wisdom. Verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts oh, is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Has anybody felt that wave before? <laughs> you honest bunch. Of course you have. We all have been double-minded 
and unstable. And let me tell you, it is a torment. It's just a torment. PJ and I once had the unfortunate uh, event in life that we took a day trip to Capri. I wasn't going to share this, but it, it, I just was reminded of this. We did, it's on the... Um, what is it? Well, yeah. Basically, we, took, we were in Sorrento in Italy and decided to take a boat trip to Capri. Anyway, storm hit, and um, it, it was absolutely diabolical. I've never felt such... I never felt such sickness. But the worst of it was, we were sat at the front by the bin, and so everybody's bags came our way, bags of sick, yes. Well, I was going to avoid it, hoping you'd fill in the gaps, but anyway, they passed them down <laughs> to PJ, who plopped them in the bin. And it, it's just a horrible feeling. But that double-mindedness, you feel like you're... I think they call it the doldrums, don't they? You go one way, then another. One way, then another, and it seems endless. And what happens is, to understand spiritually what's going on, you receive wisdom from God, but then your natural mind kicks in and kind of takes over, and you revolve things round and around. You see it from every angle, but his angle, you get more and more confused, you get more and more stressed, and you like, did I hear God or didn't I? Has he said this? Or hasn't he? Should I do that or shouldn't I? Horrible. And what I've learned to do is look for the joy and peace. Because <laughs> Romans 15 says, when we've heard God, there's joy and peace in believing. Really, um, what a gift that is. Because when we worry and endlessly reason things out, we lose our joy and we lose our peace. And yet faith in what he said brings us to rest. That, that rocking stops, those waves stop. It's like just that calm on the inside. Sometimes we have to make a decision on what we believe he said. I've done that before. I've not been 100% sure, but it's like, Lord, I believe you said this, and I'm going to step out in faith on that. Trusting, actually, you're able to redirect me if this is wrong. You know, a little bit like Paul, when he, was, he believed it was right to go to Bithynia, but then the Spirit redirected him, because he was willing, to Macedonia, Acts 16. Well, just a quick testimony. I moved house... Uh, just over a year ago, and um, I heard the Lord to move house. And then this starts. Did I? Or didn't I? Did he say? Or didn't he say? But what about this? And what about that? And all the sense and reasoning started without him. And let me tell you, it was awful. And you've all got your own versions of awful of this. Until I heard the Lord say to me, it was absolutely liberating. I can still remember where I was. I was out walking the dog. And I heard him say, you're going to move, so you might as well enjoy it. It's like, all right then. And honestly, as soon as I believe that, it's like joy and peace came. I just calm right down. like, okay then. And I, I was calm about it, but I also started to get excited about it. 
believing. Faith releases the grace. And if you and I are ever going to enjoy this abundant life he has paid to give us and be this amazing advert for him in the world, we've got to become more and more like little children, ask and simply receive it by faith. Ask for help, receive it by faith, which brings me to the third point. Then receive by faith. Hear him, believe it's him speaking, and, and act on it if you need to act on it. But the moment you ask, here's a crucial bit, right? The moment you ask is the moment you receive. Whatever's going on in your life, the moment you pray, Lord, give me grace for this. You need to believe he has heard and is answering as you carry on your day. Face the channel that we receive the grace of God through. You believe and then you receive. Now, I'm going to show you the most fantastic picture you've ever seen of yourself now from the most flattering angle. That's you and that's me. And on the inside of us, if you're born again, filled with the Spirit, is an ocean of grace. The Holy Spirit have, has 25 names And one of them is that he's the spirit of grace. And he's on the inside. Everything we need for any situation. Faith is like taking a straw then, dipping it in and taking a drink. Don't you love that? I love that picture so much. I'd like it not, well, you could have it on your phone. I'm going to put it up somewhere in my house. Dip into him, take a drink. As often as you need it, every day, when any demand is put on you, the moment you draw by faith is the moment you receive. Now, look at this. How long is it going to take me, the moment I start to draw on this straw, how long is it going to take me for me to receive this water? (laughs) (laughs) About 20 minutes (laughs) at this rate. It's very quick. Not even a second, half a second. And, and since I've kind of been uh, running with this, I, I, I have this from the Lord. This, it was something PJ said to me. She said, you've got an ocean of grace in you. I'm like, yes, you're right, I have. Ocean of grace. Take a drink. And I, I keep hearing the Lord say to me, have a drink on me. I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. You know, like at a bar, somebody can say, well, have a drink on me. It's paid for. Have a drink on me. Have a drink on me. Whatever demanding situation you face, a difficult person, a difficult problem, have a drink on me. Ask and receive by grace there and then, in the moment. Don't try and figure it all out with your natural mind. Don't try and use your human effort to make something happen. We just get worn out and frustrated. The works of the flesh lead to frustration. Don't we know it? Every one of us in this room. But faith in God releases the grace of God. The rest. The scripture says faith brings us to rest. I'm going to read the amplified version of Hebrews 4. It's just lovely. Hebrews 4 verse 10. For he who has once entered God's rest has also ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors. 
just as God rested from those labors peculiarly his own. It's just amazing this life we can have. I don't know if you really realize, I don't think I, I don't think any one of us fully realize the amazingness of this life we can have while still on earth. People spend a lot of time and money trying to get what we have, actually. Freedom from interior strife. What a joy. Anxieties, conflicts, frustrations, freedom from all of that. Freedom from trying to change ourselves and make things happen. Well, I think natural mind leads to death, all the miseries of sin. Freedom from human effort, relying on ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that we never again need to make any effort for anything, never again need to make any effort to achieve anything. You would not leave the house. You would be quite useless. The Lord might as well take you to glory now. We need to apply ourselves, and we need to achieve things. But like Paul, not I, but the grace of God, the power working through these hands, these mouth, this mouth, this whole body take over. So we need to ask for his help. We need to receive his wisdom. We are called to achieve things, but ask for his help, receive his wisdom, and rely on him from the start all the way through to the finish. All the way through. Believing what he says and acting like it's true. Because it is. But the word works effectively in those who believe. Ephesians 2.8, we're nearly finished. Ephesians 2.8, 8 to 10. For it's by grace you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we're God's handiwork or workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we're saved by grace power, but we're to work all of life by grace power. Achieve things for him, by him, by believing. John 6, verses 28 to 29. The disciples asked him, what must, what must we do to do the work God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. Believe in Christ in you. The helper, the counselor, the comforter, the spirit of grace right on the inside. More and more, I have faith that God is with my mouth. I read this scripture. It helped me so much in Exodus 4, verse 12. God said to Moses, when he was scared by his call, and who wouldn't be to approach Pharaoh? He could have been executed in a moment. But the Lord said to him, go and I'll be with your mouth and I'll teach you what to say. Isn't that a joy to actually believe that? Tomorrow morning, go and I'll be with your mouth. I'll teach you what to say. I used to get worried that I wouldn't know what to say or I wouldn't know how to answer. But that happens when we depend on our own head, on our own reasoning and sense without him. And in these days we're living in, our Christian beliefs, some of them, (coughs) are unpopular and even controversial. And, and it's like, Lord, how do I answer that one then? 
But Jesus said to his disciples, and this was to do with end times, don't you worry about what to say. Whenever you're arrested, this is talking about trials. Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever's given to you at the time. For it's not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit in you. Isn't that a wonderful scripture? Mark 13, verse 11. Now, quite honestly, you can be brought to trial by your work colleagues, even by your family and your friends over what you believe. But let's not forget the ocean of grace on the inside and take a drink. Believe, draw by faith in all the things he's called you to do, home, work, ministry, and any other category that you have, any other thing in your life that God has called you to do, and that's the key thing, that God has called you to do it. There actually isn't grace for the things he hasn't called us to do, but the things he has, there's an ocean of grace. The things that he has called us to do, if we could just have the word race, thank you. They did this with super kids a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was just so great. I'm going to share it with you, so bear with, because it's designed for children. All the things in your life that you're called to do, called by God to do, that's your race. Home, work, ministry, and anything beyond that he's called you to do, that's your race. But if G is for God, this is what they said. I told you it was for kids. But I love it. It makes it memorable. If you will invite God in, you have grace for your race. Isn't that just fantastic? There's grace for your race. That race that is unique to you. There's grace for your race. It does you good to think it. It does you good to say it. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, uh, this afternoon, there's grace for your race. So instead of struggling and complaining, because, you know, it's really tempting, isn't it? Complaining and grace never mix together. Believe. There's grace for this, this race. There's grace for all the things you've called me to do. Right here, right now, I'm going to take a drink on you, Lord. You're with me and in me. Have a drink on that ocean of grace and believe that you've received it. I think... You know, sometimes we can be so lack-minded instead of thinking blessing. You know, we're so full of what we don't have instead of what we do. And the enemy will always get you to look at your life and think, well, it could be better. <laughs> but let me tell you, it could be worse. <laughs> Give thanks for the things you do have, the people you do have the stuff that's going on that is good and thanksgiving always releases God you know Jesus 5,000 bread and fish well what do we have well we have these seriously he gave thanks and we all know the end of that story you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over don't think don't think half empty don't even think half full Think full to overflowing because he's God. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't change, including you. And including you in that really difficult situation and with that really difficult person, there's grace. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to take those three points again. 
Remember I said at the start, and I, I really do mean this, this is the most important message the Lord has ever taught me and continues to teach me. Faith in his grace, because faith releases the power of God in any situation for anything. So I'm just going to ask you, just take a moment and I want you to, I'm sure this will be very easy for all of you, and identify your number one need or the, the one thing that you find most demanding in your life right now. The most difficult thing, the stuff that yeah, causes you a bit of stress, anxiety, frustration even. I'm pretty sure because you're here, you recognize you need the Lord for that. But just take a moment to ask for his help. And just like dipping that straw into the ocean of grace, take a drink. Just ask and receive at the same time. So ask and then just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, I receive your grace for this. Thank you, Lord. His wisdom, his enabling power to do those things you really struggle to do. Thank you, Lord. Just receive it now with faith. Just like literally I took a, a drink of water from the glass through the straw, faced the channel, receive it and say thank you. I've asked, I'm receiving. Whatever things you ask, Jesus said, believe that you receive them, you will have them. You didn't have it, but now you do. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tremendous power made available. All you've got to do is ask and then receive. Have a drink on me. Jesus is saying, whatever your name is, have a drink on me for this situation, this thing, that. Whatever it is you've just prayed for, take a drink on me. Believe you're going to approach it different and you will be different. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I just want to thank you that you have sent another helper. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is with us and in us. Everything we need at any point for any given situation to reveal that you are both good and powerful. The God who is not far off but near. God on the inside. Lord, I pray that you will help every one of us here and every person listening online to become more and more God-inside-minded, that we will live conscious of you and that we will draw regularly from the ocean of grace that you've made available to each one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you're in residence. You're the king in residence. And Lord, we pray that we will walk through every moment of our days recognizing we're not ordinary we're not an ordinary person we're royal because we're a child of the king kings actually under the king help us to reign in life lord through the gift of righteousness and this abundant more than enough grace given to us through jesus we honor you jesus i honor you right here and right now thank you you're with us and thank you that you're in us Thank you, Lord, that you're not a weak God. Thank you, Lord, that you're not a foolish God, <laughs> out of touch, irrelevant, 
Oh my goodness, Lord, you are the fountain of all wisdom. You know everything from beginning to end. Big things, small things. The details of our lives, you know all about it. Past, present, and future. And Lord, we want to be people who incline our ear to you and listen. Thank you, that's the way our souls live. We die without your voice, Lord, and I pray that you will remind us. In fact, let's pray. Make it your prayer. Remind me. Remind me to ask for help, Lord. Remind me not to be so headstrong and self-confident that I miss the grace that could be mine at any point of any day. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just give the Lord some praise and thanks. Just thank him that he's in you. Thank you that you have an endless supply of amazing grace in you right now. Not tomorrow or next week or next year when you understand more or even have more faith. Right now is an ocean of grace on the inside. Lord, give us faith. Give us faith to draw from you, to see you glorified in and through our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.